I don't know if I can watch that three times today without breaking down. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, so beautiful. Go ahead and wipe your eyes and get ready to go on with this today. What a powerful story. Woman, 12 years bleeding, 12 years in desperate situation, cut off from her community, lost all her money trying to get well. Then the Bible says she heard of Jesus. We said this last week that sometimes we have to get to the place where Jesus is our only hope to discover that Jesus is all that we need. When we're at the end of our rope, when we have nothing else but him, we will find that he truly is all we need. This woman had reached a point of desperation that she reached out to Jesus in a last-ditch, desperate act of faith. We talked about the desperate last week. Today we're going to talk about three acts of faith, three things that go along with great faith and especially desperate faith. Number one, three things the woman did. Number one, she heard she heard. The whole turning point of this story from desperation to healing is when Mark writes, when she heard about Jesus. Isn't that the turning point in every one of our stories here today? Couldn't every one of us here who can say, I can say, you can say, my life is different, B.C. My life before Christ, I was an entirely different person. But after I heard about him and believed in him, my life afterward has never been the same again. How many could say with me, that's the turning point of my life when I heard for the first time truly who Jesus is. She heard about a man who taught like no other. She heard about a man who had authority over demonic spirits. She heard about a man who spoke to thunder and lightning, to wind and waves, and they obeyed him. She heard about a man who healed the sick and even raised the dead. When she heard about Jesus, her healing began. The first thing she did is she heard. Did you know that's where faith begins when you hear? Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes when I hear and hearing comes to me by God's word. What does that mean? Faith comes by hearing. She heard about Jesus. Somebody told her that there was a man who was different. There was a rabbi who was different from all the other rabbis. There was a teacher who had authority, who demonstrated the kingdom of God in his daily life. She heard about it, and she believed it for herself. You can only have faith when you hear the good news. You can only have faith when you hear the Word of God. So I want to ask you a question. What are you hearing on a regular basis? What are you hearing? Because what goes into your ears can determine the course of your life. What goes into your ears becomes the basis for your faith that determines your action and the rest of your life. So what are you hearing on a regular basis? Some years ago, I had to repent and change what I was hearing. I was not hearing sinful things. I was just hearing things that were not profitable to my spiritual life. Let me just throw this in. If you're living on the level of what's a sin and what's not a sin, you're living on a very, very low level in your walk with Christ. You've got to pick it up from that. If it's just what's a sin and what's not, Paul said all things are lawful to me, but not all things are profitable. When I ask whether I should get into this or not, the right question is not is this a sin or not. The right question is, is this actually good for me or not? And I was listening to some stuff that wasn't good for me. I was caught up in the constant news cycle. 
I was listening to every little thing that went on. I knew everything that happened in Washington, D.C. and Raleigh. I was informed, but my spiritual life stunk. Can I be honest with you? There's a certain level of pride that we can have that we feel like we're supposed to know everything that's going on. But you know, now people come to me and say, have you heard about this? I'm like, nope. And I am so much better off. Have you heard about what's going on here and what they've done up in D.C. now? No, I didn't. Please don't take this as spiritual pride. I don't mean it. But I actually talked to Jesus today, and he spoke peace into my life, and I've had a really great day. And I'm not all torn up by what somebody's doing up in Washington, D.C., because I heard something different. Can I get an amen out there? Can I get an old me out there? I got convicted right then, Pastor. It's okay. It's okay. We come for that, don't we? I had to change what I was hearing. I was listening to everybody's opinion. I would listen to something that went on in the news. Then I'd try to listen to both sides. Have you ever watched one of those shows where they got people from both sides and they're all arguing with each other? Does it surprise you that when that's over, you're mad? Because <laughs> certainly you're going to be on one side or the other and you're going to disagree with what the other guy says. And I watch one of those shows and I'm mad. And then I say something to my wife that I shouldn't. Wonder why I stirred myself up in something that wasn't profitable for me. Now, believe me, I believe in being involved in your world. I believe in being a praying and a voting Christian. Understand that. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe we're to be good citizens. But that does not mean I need to listen to that 24-7 and let that be my diet. Because what you hear determines how you believe. Many years ago, I went to visit a lady in the hospital. She was sick. And she was going to have a procedure done, and she was scared about it. And her family asked me to go to the hospital and try to lift her spirits. So I did that. I went, and I said, what are you having? And she told me. And I said, uh, and I knew this. Somebody that I knew had just had that done, and it went so well. The doctor was so great. She was in the same hospital and had the same doctor. So I told her, I said, hey, you don't have anything to worry about. Somebody I know just did this two weeks ago. They were right here in this hospital. They had the very same doctor, and they came through it just perfectly and wonderfully. They're at home now recovering, and everything's great. I said, don't you worry. This is going to be fine. You know, I saw her spirits just lift up higher and higher and higher, and I was ready to leave. Then one of her family members came in who had asked me to come and said, what are you having done? She told him. She said, oh, my God, that's the worst thing I've ever been through in my life. If I were you, I'd get up and get out of this hospital now. It's going to be awful. Don't let them do that to you. Whatever you do, don't let them touch you. How many think that woman's faith just went in the tank again? You know what I did? I prayed and I said, Jesus, please make this person leave. (laughs) Jesus, snatch this person up by the hand. That's a very southern thing to say, isn't it? (laughs) Snatch them up and get them out of here. If they're saved, could you have an individual rapture right now and take this person out of here? <laughs> yeah, that's not biblical, I know. I, know. <laughs> I waited till that person left, and I said, listen, you remember where we were when we started before they came in? She said, yeah. I said, you're going to be fine. Ignore every bit of that. And she was. Faith comes by hearing. That's why I've got to be careful what I'm saying 
And I've got to be careful if I'm encouraging other people's faith. But my responsibility is to guard what I am hearing. This woman heard the word of God and that word led to her healing and her deliverance. Then the woman did a second thing. She said. Everybody say she heard. Then secondly, she said. It says that she came up behind Jesus and touched his garment. Mark says it very clearly. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now, I'm not sure how she arrived at this understanding. Um, This was a popular superstition in her day that if you could touch the clothes of a holy man, you could receive a miracle from God. However, she arrived at that conclusion. She touched the right man. She went to the right place. You know, interestingly enough, there's not a record of this actually happened until Mark chapter 5 when the lady touched him and got healed. Guess what happened, though? In Mark chapter 6, it said Jesus is walking through a town and multitudes of people touched him, and everybody that touched him got healed. You know what I think happened? Word spread around. Did you hear what happened to the woman? She just touched him and got healed, and other people's faith got built up, and other people said, I'm going to try that. Boom, 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 everywhere people getting healed. This woman said it, and it happened just like she said She believed if she could touch Jesus, she would be healed. And that's exactly how it happened. Now, I know some people are going to disagree with this, but hear me. Uh, Jesus was surprised by this. You say, oh, he's God. He doesn't get surprised. Understand this. He laid aside his divinity, his deity, and he walked as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit, just like we can. So when he came through the crowd... He's being touched by multitudes. Trying, they're, they're on the way to raise a little girl from the dead. And all of a sudden, Jesus is shocked. The Bible scholars say this. Said This is one of the few miracles in Scripture in Jesus' ministry where Jesus had no overt involvement in it. He didn't turn and say, sickness be gone. He didn't lay hands on her. He didn't spit in the mud and put it in her eye like he did with another guy. He's just walking down the road. She touched him, and it says, we're going to talk about this next week. We didn't finish the clip. He felt power go out of him. Whoosh. All because her faith, she said, she believed. What goes into your ears can certainly influence the course of your life, but I won't promise you this. What comes out of your mouth will influence the course of your life. And I met my wife. She's precious. She's a godly woman. She really is. You knew that already because she's been with me 28 years. You knew that. You put up with me a long time. She's a godly woman. She was when I met her. I met her when she was 19. She quoted scripture to me. She encouraged my faith. We went back recently and read our letters to each other. I'm not certainly not trying to say we're perfect because we're not. We've had a lot of ups and downs and done some stupid things like everybody else but our letters to each other we wrote devotionals to each other when we were dating isn't that sweet you should say all right now okay (laughs) she used to tell me this until I got sick of hearing her say it I would say something and she would say don't say that your words have power and I would say something she said your words have power she said that to me again and again and again your words have power finally I got so sick of it I said don't say that to me again She said, don't say that. Your words have power. (laughs) Until I read Proverbs 18, 21, when somebody said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let's make sure our words align with what we truly believe. Let's not say we believe one thing and speak something else. Let's be sure that everything that comes out of our mouth is of faith. Anybody willing to pray for that? Anyone willing to say, Holy Spirit, set a watch over my mouth? Holy Spirit, take charge of this mouth. Oh, he'll do it, my friends. One of the quickest ways to develop a, an ongoing relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit is ask the Holy Spirit to watch over your mouth. Because if you're like me, you're going to give him an opportunity. Pray, Holy Spirit, put a watch over my mouth. And if I begin to say anything that's negative, that's critical, that's not of faith, that's not uplifting, check me in my heart and in my spirit. Say a gentle no to my heart or a louder no to my heart if I need it. But stop me from saying things that don't align with what I really believe. Hebrews said this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Here's what I want you to do. You've heard the word of God, right? And you've believed it in your heart. Now, I want you only to speak over your life that and nothing else that anybody puts on you. Can I get an amen? amen? I want you to hear God and to speak what he says over you. Hold fast your confession. When you confess something to be true in faith that God has spoken to you, I'm not talking about a crazy thing of you're just confessing cars and that goes too far a lot of times. I'm talking about when God's given you a promise and you've spoken it and you've believed it and you've got it in your mouth and in your heart, you hang on to that confession. You hang on to that hope, for Paul says, he who has promised is faithful. And you'll see it come to pass. Most beautiful story I ever heard of this was a dear old missionary mentor of mine many, many years ago. He was one of the pioneer missionaries into Africa. And he told us a story about his family. He became a world-changing missionary. He, they, he and his brother were raised in church. He became a world-changing missionary. His brother went the other direction and suffered through addiction and all kinds of wildlife and wild living. And he just had a rough life. And he told us, he said, my mother, I think his mother lived to be almost 100 years old. He said, my mother... If anyone would ask about my brother, my mother would say, my boy is going to make it. And her boy would be off doing some crazy wild things. And people would ask her about him, and she held fast her confession. My boy is going to make it. Any of you got any confessions like that in your life that you're hanging on to and you're not going to let go of? Some of you, it may be yours. My boy, my girl is going to make it. Somebody needs to hang on to that this morning. Right now, somebody who has a child that is off the path right now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray. I want you to give that to God. And I want you to speak that out of your mouth. They're going to make it. They're coming in. They're coming in. Lady said, my boy is going to make it. My boy is going to make it. Then the missionary came and told us an incredible story. He said, uh, I got a call from a funeral home. And they said, we have a body here, and we think it's your brother. Will you come down and identify the body? And he said, I wept. 
He said, I went in and they uncovered the body and it was my brother. He was dead. He said, I wept over his body for my mother more than for him. Because she'd been confessing for 50 years that her boy was going to make it. And he was dead. He said, I turned to walk out of there and there was a lady there that I barely knew. And she introduced herself to me as his latest wife. Because he'd had many. He, she said to him, she said, I've got a question for you I want to ask you, and I need you to explain something to me. He said, sure. She said, uh, last night your brother came home, and I've never seen anything like this. He came home, and he wouldn't talk to me. He said he went into his bedroom and closed the door, and I could hear him weeping. She said, I opened the door, and I looked in, and he was kneeling beside his bed, weeping. And he started calling out to Jesus. And she said uh, his weeping turned into laughter. And he began to, she didn't even know what worship was. He began to speak things to Jesus and laugh and was happy. And then he went to bed and he was gone. She said, can you explain to me what happened? He said, oh, I can't explain to you what happened. <laughs> Decades of prayer by mother. Decades of holding fast her confession was honored by God in the last moments of that guy's conscious life. He said then, he said, I called my mother immediately. And he said, she picked up the phone and he said, Mom, my brother's dead, but it's not, not bad news. She said, I know, my boy made it. My boy made it. Let me tell you what. You hold fast the confession of your faith. You keep on speaking what God's put in your heart. You keep on claiming his promises. You keep on speaking his word over your life. Memorize scripture and speak it out of your life. And let me tell you, something good's going to happen. The words that come out of your mouth influence your life. The woman, first of all, she heard. Say it with me. She heard. Then she said third thing she did she acted that's what faith does faith hears faith speaks and then faith acts James said this faith without works is dead faith that doesn't act is not real faith faith that just sits back and says it believes something is not true faith faith that just hears and just speaks is not faith but when faith gets to this level James says that it's real she acted when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. This was not an easy act for this woman. In fact, all over the scripture you'll see this, that often before you get a breakthrough in your life that's desperately needed, when you get to the place of desperate faith, when you need God to show up, God will call you and I to take a step of obedience, a step of faith that is often difficult for us personally. You that have been walking with God a long time, I see your head shaking out there because you've been there and done that and lived that. You get to a point where you've had enough and feel like you can't go on any further and you wonder where God is, and you pray to him, you call out to him, you hear, you speak, and then God leads you to a place of breakthrough, and at that place, there is a step of obedience you need to take for the breakthrough to happen. Amen. And it's never easy. 
I, I, can I just confess up? Do you ever just pray to God? And I pray sometimes. I say, God, couldn't you make this a little easier? You can do all things, God. Do they all have to be a challenge? Every breakthrough, there's a challenge. That's why everybody doesn't break through. There was a guy in the Old Testament. He was a Syrian military leader. He was not of Israel. He had leprosy. He was a man with desperate faith. He didn't know what to do. He tried everything like this woman. He's, in many ways, the Old Testament counterpart of this woman. He didn't know what to do. He had a little slave servant girl who'd been kidnapped from Israel. And she heard about his problem. And this little girl says, there's a prophet back in my nation named Elisha. And if you'll go to him, you'll get healed. It's amazing to me. Naaman heard the voice of this little girl and decides he's going to make a trip to Israel out to see Elisha. So he goes, and this is a grand procession. This is not two people. This is a great military Syrian leader. This is the enemy, by the way. These are the invaders, by the way, that are going to take them captive. So he goes to Israel, and he goes to Elisha's house, if you will, and come out, old great man, and heal me. Elisha doesn't even bother going to the door. Let me tell you, Naaman could get anybody to the door he wanted to. But Elisha doesn't even come out. He just says, hey, go tell him, dip in the Jordan River seven times and he'll be healed. Naaman gets ticked off. He's like, we got cleaner rivers than that, mud hole. That's what it means in the Hebrew. got a lot of confidence in me I can tell <laughs> real Bible scholar up there um, that's a muddy river and there are better rivers back home and, and Naaman says this isn't he supposed to come out like wave his hands over me or something he's thinking about this is how this is supposed to work this is what I've learned about this step of faith it's not about how you think it's supposed to work it's about what God says to do what he calls you to do may not be strategically apparent what he's called you to do may not seem to solve the problem but when he says do it do it Naaman is ready to take his ball and go home he's like I'm out of here not doing that that's stupid I've taken many baths since I had leprosy and I never got healed but Elisha go dip in the Jordan seven times so He's mad. He's ready to take off. One of his advisors comes to him. This thing about Naaman, he had good people around him. One of his advisors came to him and said, Sir, we've come a long ways. And if he'd asked you to do something hard, you would have done it. He said, Why don't you give it a shot? Go dip in the Jordan seven times and see what happens. Naaman, All right, I'll do it. I'll humble myself. That's often this step of ability. This step of obedience is about humbling yourself before God. That's why it's hard. Naaman dips one time, gets up, leprosy. Two times, leprosy. Three times, like I told y'all. Four times, five times. Y'all count to seven, right? Seventh time, he comes up, and his skin is perfectly whole. Because he did what God called him to do. This woman had to take a difficult step. All her life, at least for the last 12 years, she'd been avoiding people. She wasn't even supposed to be in this crowd. 
Do you realize as you watch that clip, everybody she passed through on her way to Jesus in touch, she was making all those people ceremonially unclean. According to Jewish law, none of those people could even go home. They had to go take a bath and stay out of the house till evening. She risked all that. She had avoided touching people. We're going to touch on that next week. She tried to do this whole thing anonymously because of her shame. She didn't come to Jesus at his face. She snuck up behind him in a crowd and touched his garment at the bottom. She likely fell down just like you saw it and touched his garment. And her intention was to sneak away without anybody even seeing it because she was so ashamed. She didn't have a real idea of what might have happened. In fact, we'll talk about it next week. When this thing started to unfold, she probably thought, "Uh uh-oh, I've messed up. Even though I got healed, something's wrong. Next week, we're going to see how Jesus healed her on a much deeper level than just the blood. This woman got desperate enough to act. She'd had enough and determined that nothing would stop her from receiving her healing. She'd had enough. And when she acted on her faith and her confession, she was instantly and totally healed. Do you realize Mark says immediately. She went from desperately sick to completely healed immediately. If any of you have ever been anemic, anybody ever been anemic? My wife, you know, I told this, she became desperately anemic, but it was over time. And until you get healed, you don't realize sometimes how sick you've been. Her hemoglobin was so low. And when she started to get better, she didn't realize you could feel that good. And it took her months. And thank God now she's healed. Thank God. But hear this. This woman went from totally sick to totally healed in an instant. If you had watched her, her color would have changed. She looked different after she touched Jesus. It says she felt in her body that she was healed. Boom. I didn't know I could feel this good. Jesus wants to do that in our lives. If you're caught in sin and caught in addiction and caught in struggle, Jesus wants to walk into your life and immediately transform who you are forever. Three questions. What are you hearing? Change your hearing diet. What are you speaking? Holy Spirit, put a watch over my mouth this what is the act of obedience and faith that God is calling me to what is the step that I need to take to experience my breakthrough amen let's pray together Jesus we thank you for today we love you we praise you we honor you for your precious and powerful word for your presence in this place thank you for everybody who's come here today thank you God for these precious souls this weekend that are being baptized in water just as a sign of your immediate change. Old things are passed away. All things are new. Bring somebody through that process right now as we call out to you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Who here would say, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord right here today. I'm saying yes. I won't embarrass you. But if that's you, would you raise your hand right now where I can see it? I'm saying yes to Jesus. God bless you. 
God bless you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else here today? Anybody? We had three on Thursday night. On Thursday night, three people said yes to Jesus. Isn't that incredible? How many would say, I need to see a change in my hearing? Can I see your hands? I need to change what I'm hearing. Yep, yep. I need to change, Pastor, what I'm speaking. Can I see your hands? Some of you just leaving your hands up because you know what's coming. That's all right. <laughs> How many say, I need to take a step of faith, and I'm asking God to show me what that is, a step of obedience. Can I see your hand? God bless you. God bless you. Father, thank you for your word that's gone forth and done its work today. I want to pray right now for those that are saying Jesus here online. Some of you online just saying yes to Jesus this morning. Would you pray with us? You're here with us in spirit, and uh, I want you to pray with us as well this morning. The church is going to help us as we pray. Pray with us. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for my sin. I repent. I turn away from my sin. And I turn to you. I can't do this alone. I can't do better by myself. But I trust you with my sin, with my brokenness. Change me, Lord. Come into my heart. Be my Savior and be my Lord. From this day forward, my life is yours. Amen, amen. Can we just rejoice this morning, people coming to Jesus? Would you stand with me, please? Stand with me. All right, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to speak healing over you today. I know a lot of people that are struggling with sickness right now, and sometimes the enemy comes against us in an attack of sickness, and I know a lot of people that are sick. So we're just going to pray against that and speak against that today. You ready? Anybody want to just receive healing today of anything going on in your body? You may know about it. You may not know about it. I speak the healing of the Son of God over your life. He forgives our sins. He heals our diseases. Hezekiah was told one time he was sick unto death. Prophet Isaiah came to him and said, Set your house in order. You'll die and not live. That's not the blessing, by the way, right there. We're going on. It's a perfect heart. And have done that which is good in thy sight. Then before, the Bible said, before Isaiah was gone into the outer court, the word of the Lord came to him saying, return again, tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people. Here it is. I've heard thy prayers. I've seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal you. Amen. Amen. Do you receive that today? You receive that today in Jesus' name. Amen. I commission you, go out, make Jesus known everywhere you go. Love you today. Thanks for being here.